Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. A little while ago, we had Mitch Anthony on. And as you probably know, Mitch was very, very influential in creating conversations that are more than about money in the financial planning process. And today we're taking it to the next level. David Wood is the author and the thought leader and a sought-after speaker all over the United States, and I'm assuming way more than the United States, because he talks about how to have difficult conversations. And from a marketing perspective and a financial services perspective, this is very, very, very needed education for all of you, and I'm super excited. David, thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome. Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here. All right. I start off every podcast with the same big picture question, which is, I want to know your history. How did you get to where you are today? Well, I started, you could even say financial services remotely. I was a consulting actuary. I imagine most of your listeners know what that is, but for those that don't, I dealt with long-term financial projections and uh, statistics, probability, actuaries, calculate insurance premiums, things like that. And I just, I was really good at math. So that's what I went into. And I figured that I'd made it because I'm consulting to Sony Music and Ford and Exxon on Park Avenue at the age of 23. And I thought, all right, this is how it goes. But what I didn't realize is that I'd missed half of life. I'd missed emotional intelligence. I'd missed vulnerability. I'd missed deep connection. I'd missed how to really connect with another human being and as, we, as I went into therapy and I was like, what's happening? Why, why don't I have this? Why do I have all this business sense, but not this emotional sense? And my psychiatrist said, well, you know, you had some trauma as a kid and that's had it made it safe for you to just go into logical left brain stuff. I think I can help you reclaim the rest. So hmm. I spent the last 25 years exploring coaching, training, personal growth. So now I, I love that I can straddle both world. And the clients who come to me, they don't just want their business to be better. They don't just want their life to be better and navel gaze. They want it all. I'm, so I'm a generalist that I could straddle both. Absolutely fascinating. And you are so much like so many of our listeners because you have that ability for that highly analytical way of thinking. Right yeah. now, <laughs> actuarial thinking is on a totally different level, dude. I mean, that's, that's some amazing unbelievable math skills. We've got some people who are pretty close, so, you know, maybe some CFAs, some, some CFPs. How do you switch gears? Like when you know that you're in like kind of analytical mode, right? But then you see this opening where you need to have these conversations. Do you have any tips for our listeners to help them switch or consciously realize that they need to get out of this brain and into this brain? <laughs> what a great question. So if I look at what happens for me, I think there are no hard and fast rules for me, but I'll, there's something will go off in the back of my head. It'll be like, oh, hey, you're being transactional oh. here. Someone said to me three years ago, he said, David, you can come across as very transactional. And I said, well, what is that? <laughs> and what's the alternative? Sure. And it was like, if, if you ask a fish, how's the water? The fish might respond, what water? 
Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I'm just like, let's get this stuff done. I'm a practical guy, right? So transactional is we want to make something happen here and get something done. Like I want the report from you. I want the numbers from you. Come on, we've got a, a project here. Relational is the alternative. And relational might be, how is this for you? How are you feeling? You know, I just had a guy write to me and say, I can't get started with coaching. I just got hit with a big medical bill. I can't start. Hmm. And my initial response is to be transactional. If something had gone off in the back of my head, I could have gone, oh, how is that for him? And I could have said, how are you doing with that? Is it stressful? Is whatever? And I could have been relational. So great, really powerful distinction. And again, my default is always go to the transactional and it's a catch and an afterthought. How can I be relational here? What's it like for this person? What are they really wanting right now in this moment? So advisors, when you're when you're in those situations, because so many, so David, I, I, when I'm speaking, one of the questions that I always ask is, how many of you have had clients cry when you're in a meeting with them? Of course, everybody raises their hand, right? And then my next question is, how many of you are prepared and know how to deal with it? Wow. And man, yeah. So many people's hands go down and, you know, they're looking around and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not alone here. Let's talk about that because conversations a lot of times are infused with many emotions. I'm just going to, that's a very open-ended question. I just want to see where you take that if you don't mind. Oh, I love it. No one's asked me that in 75 podcast interviews. (laughs) So, you know, when I was back consulting, even then, some of the staff members would be in my office crying and we had glass windows so people could see it. And someone was like, what are you doing to them? And really, I just think that I was listening and maybe because of the, some of the stuff I went through as a kid and then the therapy where I had to learn how to feel, I, holding space is one of my favorite things to do. Someone can be going through anything, feeling anything. They could be telling me that they killed someone. I'm not going to say I don't have reactions, but I, my reactions aren't going to run the show. I can hold space for what's happening. And I think it's particularly perhaps hard for men because we tend to be solution focused and like, oh my God, they're crying. What do I do now? For me, there's, there's nothing that has to be done other than breathing and listening and maybe letting them know that because they're often feeling like this is wrong and I shouldn't be falling apart and I shouldn't be yeah. crying. And I just say, this is a cry friendly zone. I love to cry. I spent years learning how to do it. So when I have tears come up and I feel emotion, I'm not in distress anymore. I welcome it. Let's bring it. And so when someone else is crying, I'm like, great. Yeah. I'm here with you. So it's like a wave too, right? And so I was looking at a lot of your material and, and you know, trying to hold that wave back with not allowing these conversations to happen. A lot of times will not only damage the relationship, but make it worse, right? How do you... Besides holding the space, like uh, let me let me ask it in a different question, a different way. How about this? What are the mistakes that you see that people make that don't allow that space to be held? That could be good tips for our listeners to make sure that they're holding that space. Yeah, you know, I feel I feel a little sad as I just think about all the people who cry in the world and want to cry in the world, and then the natural reaction of most humans, which is don't cry. And our parents did this. Mm -hmm. How many parents said, oh, you just have a good cry? 
You know, when I, when my, my sister died when I was very young and I, I remember crying once and my neighbor found me because I was locking myself in the, in the bedroom of my neighbor's place. So the kids couldn't find me crying because I didn't know that it was okay to cry. And he found me, opened the door and, and just said, you go ahead. You just have a good cry. And he shut the door and kept the kids away from me. So that was such a gift. And I think one of the mistakes is not noticing your own discomfort. So if you, if you, and, and jumping in and trying to stop the emotion, if you can notice that, you might even be able to say, wow, I noticed my initial reaction was to stop you crying, but I'm going to choose something else right now. You just go ahead. Is there anything you'd like from me? Mm. Is a golden question for someone who's feeling strong emotion. And then what happens if you can do that is you become a safe space for emotion because you're not a safe space for emotion until you can do that. And so you may find that if you make that shift and start listening to people and welcoming emotions, then more will show up with your clients. Let's talk about how you welcome emotions because holding silence and making sure that you're asking good follow-up questions. But a lot of times those follow-up questions aren't supposed to happen like immediately. Like again, that space for them to process what just came out of their mouth is wildly important. Do you mind spending a little time, uh, and it's difficult because uh, this is a podcast, so I'm going to actually, actually ask you about nonverbal stuff. But nonverbals are so powerful, right? Those micro expressions and things just communicate so much. 70% of communication is nonverbal. Let's talk about that. What are some of the ways that you welcome that? Because that's more of an intention and acceptance that doesn't necessarily come out of your mouth, but is part of who you are. How can our audience embody that in order to make people feel even more comfortable? Because, man, David, I know that you know this because of your background, but a lot of our advisors deal with death claims on a regular basis, right? Or they're talking about life insurance or, you know, mortality rates. These are tough conversations. And there's so much emotion that's right on the surface. And I believe, and I know you do too, because I've read a whole bunch of your stuff, that allowing people to feel those emotions just totally changes the relationship. Yeah. I, I, I'm so surprised you're taking me here because it shows a level of awareness that, that you have, that you can even ask these questions. So you, 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 you're, right, you're opening a can of worms here about embodiment. I didn't know I'm 51 now. I don't think I knew until I was about 40 years old that I had a body. No, my, my parents never, I don't remember anyone ever saying to me, David, what do you feel in your body? What are you aware of? How's your breath? Is it tight? Are you breathing deeply? Are you, is there any tingling? You know, what about your left foot? And I was sitting with a guru once and he kept talking about being in your body. And I, I, I'm that kid that will always raise his hand. And I raised my hand. I said, look, I feel like this is a dumb question because no one else is asking it. How? How do I be in my body? You keep talking about it. What are you talking about? And a couple of people laughed and he said, hey, that's a fair question. And one person was able to say, try wiggling your toes. It seems so simple, but that was so valuable as a beginning. So as I'm speaking to you right now, I just did a scan of my body. I notice I'm holding my breath, so I'm going to take a breath. Okay. 
felt a slight relaxation and I'm feeling a sense of peace in my body, some slight tension in my shoulders. Now, I believe that many humans don't do that scan. We tend to live in our heads. And look, I can't judge people for that. I was an actuary, for God's sake, right? But if you're willing, when you're with your clients, if they're feeling emotion, notice, are you breathing? Because someone in the room needs to be breathing and holding that space of the deep breath and the relaxation. And I'll often catch myself, oh, okay, I'm just going to breathe. They're probably not breathing if they're feeling a lot of emotion. So I'm going to hold that space. And how wonderful, how relieving I imagine it is for a lot of advisors to get that all I have to do is breathe, maybe have some silence, give a bit of space for them. That's 90, I'd say that's 90% of it. And then at some point you might check in. Do you feel like it's time for me to ask a question? Would you like some more space? You can just ask them. And it's amazing because they'll tell you because it's like one of the first time probably in their life that anybody has ever asked them the question, is it okay for me to do this? Instead of, you know, we're taught in financial services, don't ever ask a question you don't know the answer to, right? Because that's a terrifying sales thing, which is a load of hooey, right? Oh, it's a terrible thing. Uh, Very, very pervasive in in sales training. But I have also found, and and we have a couple of advisors that that we've worked with here at Top Advisor Marketing who, who do a lot of what you're talking about. And one of them is this wonderful woman, Esther, has talked about breathing. And, and so I want to I give a, a real world example along the lines of what you were just saying, because there's something called entrainment. And I, and I know you probably know what this is, but our listeners might not, which is your, your people in your physical proximity are going to meet you where you're at. So if you take a deep breath, just like David did, through your nose and out your mouth, it's unbelievable freaking everybody else does it. It's like the yawn thing, right? If you yawn, yawning is contagious. Well, guess what else is contagious? Happiness, breathing, relaxation, all of these things are contagious. And if you go in really tense and anxious, right, you're not going to be as successful. And in fact, we talk about that when you're preparing for a podcast, that it's game time, right? You're in front of the microphone, you better be ready. But when you're meeting with a client, it's freaking game time. So everything that happened to before, you open that door, needs to be left there as much as possible. You need to try to be present to be there with that client. Because David, I know that you've coached really successful people, but that's what like professional athletes do, right? Right. When they're on the court, they're on the court. When they're on the field, they're on the field. You're a professional. I'm a professional. Our advisors are professionals. Do you know why they don't do that? Why they don't breathe? Why they don't breathe, why they don't prepare themselves mentally to walk in for these difficult conversations that, brother, they all have them all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got a whole spiel on why we avoid difficult conversations, but why we don't prepare. I haven't thought of that before. I think it's, I just learned to get into my head that as a kid, it just, that's where I was safe. Perhaps I ended up somehow in year nine I started becoming top of the school. I went from middle of the, the, the class to top of the class. I don't know what happened, but it served me in that I got to excel financially and in business and I can help people rock out their businesses. But again, it's, miss, it's like missing half the world or some people would say all of the world because you're missing the breath. And I just thought of a great exercise that any of your uh, listeners can do. 
And I'm going to, and I'm going to invite you to do it with me right now. So I tell people what it is. So simple. If you notice a client kind of getting charged up, they're speaking quickly. They may be feeling a bit stressed. You might notice that you're feeling stressed listening to them. So a ninja move would be to, to name it. Hey, like name that thing is one of the best things you can do. I think as a consultant or any practitioner, I notice that I'm getting a little tense just listening to you. How are you feeling? Oh. And then I sometimes invite my clients, say, look, this might seem a bit hippie, woo-woo, but how, how about we take a deep breath together and see how, how that feels? And then I'll do it with them. And so I'll invite you now, Matt, to take two with me. Okay. We'll, take, we'll take a deep breath in together. And then, and this is optional, but I recommend it, Make some kind of a sound that feels good on the exhale, as if no one was listening to you and you're just kind of like vibrate in an internal massage, all right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and listeners, if you want to do this with us, I highly recommend it. So deep breath in. Uh... And one more. Uh, Matt, do you feel any difference in your body? <clears throat> like, yeah, I feel like it just a, a, a low level glow in my body after that, you know, yeah. and, and also if that's a bit hippie for you, for you guys, here's a really great exercise. Just tell you, tell your clients who's sitting in front of you, let's do something. that's a little bit weird. We're going to take a drag of an imaginary cigarette. Oh, tell you what, this is amazing. So you take a puff, we'll go like, and then hold it, and then exhale. See, David, I think that's way more hippie. <laughs> well, it feels so good. And, and, you know, a teacher of mine said, I believe that's why a lot of people smoke, is because it's a way of getting oxygen in, even with the poison. So anyway, you know, you, you can start getting your clients and yourself in your body just by doing that and start to shift the energy, particularly when they're getting ramped up and all in their head and maybe stressed. Yeah, I didn't think we'd be talking about this today, Matt, but I'm happy we are. Well, and, and, I, and thank you for going on that journey with me. But I do want to ask you about the avoidance of the difficult conversations because I, I know that that's you know, part of your your expertise and in your brilliance. So uh, we have a lot of people, right, who are who do not have that, who who don't welcome it at all, and in fact go through major levels of avoidance, like unbelievable levels. Yeah, of yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to turn this over to you. Let's 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 go there. Yeah. So firstly, let's talk. Let's say what we're talking about, because people might be thinking, what what tough conversations? I don't have any, have any. They're swimming all around you like the water for the fish and the fish can't see them. We can't see our tough conversations and I'll, I'll say in a minute why the brain hides them from us. But I'm talking about perhaps you've got a business partner and you feel like they should be showing up more and doing more work and it's not fair. Or you've got a direct report who um, needs a, you need to have a conversation about their performance. Maybe you screwed up about something and you want to confess it either in the business world or in the personal world. Maybe you broke an agreement with your partner or there's something you've been withholding. It's like a little bit of a secret or something you're embarrassed about. Mm. There are so many things that we just 
either consciously choose to hide, no, I'm not going to talk about that, or more often subconsciously. And this is why we avoid these conversations. The ego, I believe, wants to help us. And it just, its job is to come up with the worst case scenario. So the ego will be thinking, no, I can't have that conversation. I can't request this of a client. I can't tell the client, oh, you're a real pain in the butt to, to work for because you're constantly late with the material. And then you're on top of me saying, why is this late? Like the brain just says, that's going to be awkward. They might get defensive. They might end up firing you. That's the job of the ego. But I'm an actuary, remember, and my job is risk assessment. Mm. And what we're often missing, and, and I'll break it down now. Here's the first thing. If you really look at those negative things, you'll probably find that the risk is pretty low. Like the real chances that the client's going to fire you because you just wanted to have an honest conversation about how to work together is probably lower than you were thinking. Secondly, if it does happen, it's probably not that bad. Sure. And in fact, you can find the positive outcome from the negative outcome. Like if the client fired you, okay, maybe I'll get another client that's perfect for me. And then the third thing is we're not checking out the upside. The brain isn't doing that. And so I I have, um, at the the end of this episode, we'll give away a download where you get a worksheet and a four-step blueprint for having a tough conversation. And it will ask you, what's a great outcome that's possible from this? And once you start looking at the upside, it's like, oh, this client might stop being a thorn in my side and I might really enjoy working with them. And I get to feel good about speaking up about something. I'm demonstrating a leadership move. Or maybe I'll be closer with my partner. Or maybe I'll get the sex that I want in the bedroom. Or maybe I'll get that client that I've wanted to work with me for two years because I asked for it. Like whatever it is, looking at the upside can counterbalance what the mind's doing on the other side. And I I believe like roughly nine times out of 10, in my experience, a tough conversation is worth it. And it Mm. does depend on whether how much you have a growth mindset. But if you believe in growth, then definitely nine times out of 10. One time out of 10, maybe the risk is just too great. For example, I coached a guy on confessing to a burglary when he was a teenager. Oh. Now, you could, he could have said, I don't think there's enough upside in this and the downside is too great. I'm not going to do it. But he had a huge growth mindset and he didn't want to be carrying this around for another 20 years. So he went and confessed to it, which is incredible. I myself have confessed to a crime that could have put me in jail. Mm. I just needed to apologize to someone and say, look, this is what I did when I was younger. It was wrong. I'm sorry. Can I make it right? And I decided I just was willing to risk jail to apologize. Now, not everybody's going to think that. I've also chosen not to. In Bali, when I was one of the questioning for subletting my villa, I found out that I could be held in jail until they were happy with the bribe that we negotiated. Oh my gosh. And so I chose not to have that conversation. I left the country the same day. So I'm not, I used to think, oh, you've got to tell all the truth all the time. No, do the risk assessment. Your brain is probably not doing a good job for you. So do the worksheet. And there is gold, Matt, Hmm. on the other side of these conversations. There's deep connection, results that you've wanted for a long time 
and feeling good about yourself because you spoke your truth. I don't like calling them tough conversations anymore because a lot of them don't turn out to be tough. I like calling it speak your truth mm. and then let's see what happens in collaboration. Yeah. When, uh, when I got back from the Navy, I went to the 7-Eleven that I used to shoplift from all the time uh, as a little kid. And I walked in and I had, I don't know, it's like a $100 bill or something. And I handed it to the cashier. And the cashier's like, what are you doing? I said, look, dude, it was a lady, actually. I said, look, ma'am, I used to steal from this place all the time. And I just, you know what? I don't care what you do with the money. That's not really the point. It's, I needed to tell somebody that. And I, this is about how much stuff I stole. And she just looked at me and she's like, okay, do you want me to tell my manager? Of course. Tell the CEO of 7-Eleven. I don't care, but I just needed to get that off. And honestly, see, and I'm talking about that and people can't see this right now. I'm cheesy and grinning it right now. Because you are. You're lit up. And so am I. I can't see my face. Dude, it was, it was just such a wonderfully liberating thing. And, and I want you guys to know that if you do this in client meetings, if you have these truthful moments, everything changes. Now, so in just, just to make sure that we're uh, keeping on time, would you mind uh, sharing with everybody how they can reach out to you? Now, we're going to make sure all of this, David, is in the show notes, okay? So okay. what are some ways that people can connect with you? Where should they follow you? And let's talk about that free download. I will. And I, I got to double click on what you just said. If you speak your truth, you change the world because people are surprised and then it ripples out because they're going to go and do the same thing with others. And I've never said that reason in a podcast episode. and It's the best one that I've found so far. So thank you. If something resonated for you in this episode, you can go to playforreal.life. It's not a .com, playforreal.life. You can listen to me as well as Matt. I have tough conversations with David Wood. You can subscribe to my podcast. And also, if you want to up-level both life and business, you're like, wait, I can do better. I can do more. I want to speak more truth, be more daring. See if you qualify for a free discovery session hmm. with me. And if you qualify, I don't charge you for it because one, they're fun. And two, it's how I find the right people to work with long-term. And I'd, I'd love to hear from you. So both of those things, I'll oh, end the, the giveaway that I promised, Yeah, the four-step blueprint and the worksheet for having any tough conversation, speaking your truth, all of those at playforreal.life. Wonderful. And we'll make sure that we have a direct link to that worksheet because actually, by the way, you send it to me. Well, I hope this was okay. I, I mean, I know I, I might've taken you to some place. This is a, a financial services professional marketing podcast, but David, to be really honest, I just don't get a lot of people like you to talk to on these podcasts. <laughs> I knew that if I try, if I, if I kind of just lifted up the hood a little bit, we'd get those amazing pieces of, of wisdom. And, and, and I think you did great. And I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Thank you. I had a great time, Matt. I love these questions. This is one of my favorite interviews so far. So thanks a lot. Now, everybody, I just want to bring this uh, full circle back to marketing just very, very quickly. Your marketing should speak the truth also, right? Your truth, who you are, what makes you truly unique and different, no matter the level of emotionality, right? That's what you have to communicate. And when you're using podcasting as a medium or when you're doing workshops or when you're speaking in front of people, show that vulnerability, show that ability to deal with these conversations, deal with the emotions and not just deal with them like, oh, I don't want to deal with this, but deal with them as an embrace them and say, you know what? This is part of who I am. And all of you know that you've had that meeting with that client where you got done and you were like, wow, that was intense. 
And the client was like, wow, that was intense. And you still have that person as a client and they're one of your best referrers and they're one of your best advocates today. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast or show up directly on your listening device. And if you know anybody who should hear this podcast, click that share button. And finally, if you have a topic idea for us here on Top Advisor Marketing, all you have to do is email me, matt at topadvisorm.com. That M is for marketing. And I'd love to talk to you about either your guest ideas or your topic ideas. So for David Wood and all of us here at Top Advisor Marketing, I'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.